I'm trying to elevate small talk to medium talk. Hi, I'm Alexander Chester, and I'm quite a prick, aren't I? It's the podcaster's way. And I'm Al Sedensky, and I think the weed is where all the fun is. Mm. Welcome back to Pretty, Pretty, Pretty Good, a Curb Your Enthusiasm podcast. We are here today to discuss Season 9, Episode 9, a palindrome episode, uh, The Shocker, which originally aired on November 26th, 2017. I said palindrome, but, but what's the name of the thing where it's the day in the month that's also the number of the month? Like April 4th and September 9th and October 10th. There's a name for that. I don't know. Yeah, no, pal- yeah, palindrome. Oh, no, I'm mixing was- it up. It's the, it's your birthday, like your ninth birthday if your birthday is the ninth or your 16th birthday if your birthday is the 16th. Right. Um, your golden yeah. birthday? I thought no. you were trying to claim for a second that the shucker was a palindrome. I was oh. like, what? Is it? No. <laughs> I don't think um, it is. My, my son says to me the other day, he says, what's the longest palindrome you know? So I said, a man, a plan, a canal, Panama. And he stared at me like his eyes always like, you know that? I'm like, yeah, we all know all the same stupid bullshit. It's like, yeah, there's there's nothing new under the sun. Yeah, yeah. My uh, my daughter claims all the time that like she made up jokes that like I heard it. I'm like, you didn't make it up. Yeah. Like I heard it. I'm like, it wasn't made up then. It was made up like a hundred years ago, probably. Yeah, yeah. You made it up. Very good. Our, our friend, uh, our our acquaintance Danny uh, used to claim, I mean, tongue in cheek, that his grandfather invented the tune to Grace After Meals to benching. Right. Have you? Do you remember that one? Sure, of course. No, it's it's, it's a it's a great flex. That's a great, but that's a great claim because it's almost like the Cobb salad. Like, who's going to check you on it? Except, right, it's unfalsifiable. Yeah, except the Cobb salad in the era of Google is much easier to falsify. Right, right, right. Um, the tune of benching is is a little harder to prove or disprove. It's probably like some like Polish marching tune or something like everything else that we sing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that sounds right. Yeah. All right. Uh, <laughs> are you ready to get shucked? Let's. Uh, let's. Uh, are you going to be the shucker or the shucky? I mean, look, I've never shucked, obviously. Um, yeah. I've never eaten these foods that are are, uh, are shuckable or shuck required. Right. Uh, as a as a observant uh, kosher observing Jew. So I guess I'm, I'm the shucky. I don't know. Well, yeah. I guess I should be the shucker because I can't eat it, but I can shuck it. So, yeah. Oysters, clams and cockles. None of those for us, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Cockles don't sound so great, honestly. <laughs> yeah. Honestly, none of them look that appealing to me. Yeah, the... they look. Yeah. And I, I guess you I eat oysters because you're horny or or like you do it on a date to like. Is that a thing? Yeah, I, I, yeah, I wasn't aware of that. All right. Um, yeah. And, or, and they're like and they're like a huge pain in the ass. Right. I guess that's why you hire a shucker to do this for you. But like, I mean, this, this is like obscene, right? Like, this is not a real thing that like, right. Right. This is just like, oh, and it's one thing. If elite, this is elite one percenters, right. I think this, it's I one know. thing if it's at someone else's house. This is Larry's house. Larry himself is calling a shucker. Really? <laughs> Larry's like such a huge fan of seafood that he must shuck. Yeah. Yeah, it's a lot. It's a lot. It's, it's unnecessary. I mean, I've never been to a party in someone's house where they had hired a sushi chef, but I can see that as a thing that could happen. Right. I, I can see a world where that could happen. Yeah, it could happen. Yeah. So I mean, this isn't. So this is sort of a similar. This is similar to that, right? It's probably not going to happen, but it could happen. They're not going to happen. What do you mean? You you think you'll never be at someone's house with with a sushi chef in the house preparing sushi? I said probably not. I don't think I oh. definitely not. Yeah. 
I think you live long enough. You'll you'll, uh, you'll show up. I mean, I guess a party. I don't know. I feel like I've never. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe I guess. Who knows? Yeah. Anything's possible. Yeah. Um, maybe someone I know, they will become a sushi chef and then invite me over and make sushi. No, but that's no. I, I mean, I've been to people's house who made sushi for dinner. But no, but they have to be a sushi chef first. Like it has. So to be they have someone. to be doing it professionally on the side. Right. Or no, well, the side, primarily. The, the, yes. Yeah. I think you're the meal that you're the, yeah, is, that, is the, that's side. the side. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> I started a restaurant just so you come to my meal. This is what I do. I have Chester over for dinners. <laughs> yeah. Also on the side, I own a restaurant. Yeah. That's, that's pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. One pretty out of five. Okay. <laughs> All right, let's jump into the palindrome, season nine, episode nine, The Shucker. This is the Justin uh, Hurwitz uh, writing credit. This episode, I think, is 44 minutes. Next it's week's a, it's episode, a long one. I believe, is 48 minutes. Yeah. Stretching yeah. at the end of season nine. Yeah, you don't really need to do this curb. Although I will say, um, I do feel like going into the final season, final episode of this past new season, season eleven, when like we saw that the, the final episode was like 45 or 48 minutes, we were like very excited that there was like a lot. And now when I see 48 minutes for like this finale, I'm like, eh, like 48 minutes, really? Yeah, I mean, I can see a scenario where coming into the finale, you're excited because you think, oh, we're going to see a whole bunch of this of this play the same way we saw the right. Seinfeld episode, the same way we saw a Broadway show once before. Yeah. So I could see, except we had a whole season where they were working towards practicing towards going on Broadway. So to all of a sudden. Right. Here's the play. See, yeah. To, yeah. That'd be a little bit quick. But I mean, you know, uh, Game of Thrones did it. So why can't Kerb? Yeah. Okay. All right. So, yeah, let's jump into it. And we start out at Larry's house. As you said, Larry's telling everyone about, you know, the this little string of events that occurred at the end of the last episode where the fact that he intervened on behalf of the man at the buffet allowed him to get allowing him to get the seconds uh, that ended up leading to this meeting with all the muftis who rescinded the fatwa. Uh, so she's like, oh, my God. So, like, really, like, if if you hadn't allowed the man to get the seconds, this, none of this would have happened. It's so much shirt. Yeah, I think I've said this on a podcast before. My, like, very small inside baseball gripe I have with this. Yeah, okay. Okay, Susie uses Beshert the way my mother-in-law uses it, which right. basically means, like, divine providence. Right. But, like, in Orthodox circles, we would use the term Hashgacha Pratis here, and we would save the word Beshert <laughs> for the specific divine providence of finding one's true love. Um, yeah, I right. mean... But in non-romantic circumstances, I think you wouldn't say Beshert. You'd say Hashgacha Pratis. Um, I probably would say that, but yes. you know, I think people full know, full yeah, yeah. understand what well, you mean. My mother-in-law you know. using it as proof that right. Susie's probably the more common use among most Jews. Yeah, I would also yeah. say it's probably there's probably also a generational aspect where I think our parents might say. I mean, you think non you think Orthodox parents are saying Bashar like that? I think it. I think it was more often used in, in a general way, and that it became more recently specifically applied to like the context of marriage. But no, I'm not, I did, obviously, I, did obviously just, I have no idea. I did just Google it, and the top hit is "Bashert" means inevitable or preordained. It can apply to any happening which appears to bear the fingerprints of divine providence. A term I just used, such as bumping into an old friend you were just thinking about. But it is used most commonly about marriage and shiduchim right. matches. Right. So yeah. Um, in Jewish culture, we often use the word Bashar to mean soulmate. Yeah, um, whatever. We don't need to keep discussing this. Um, yeah, there's. Uh, do you want to know four anagrams of Bashar? 
Yeah. Now, Bashert was also used in season 11, of course, by John Hamm. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. So this is the, the first ever use of Bashert for Curb Enthusiasm, but the second for Pretty, Pretty, Pretty Good. Yeah. And I might have this. That, I might have made this complaint two months ago when, when, when John Hamm made it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. So the anagrams of Bashert are bathers, breathes, be trash. Oh, you spelled Bashert with a B-A. I spell it B-E. No, yeah, I spell it B-I. Oh, I that's see. how. That's also how Wiktionary spells it. So. Oh, okay. Um, let's see. No, Bashert is... All my hits are for Bishert. Well, well maybe because I spelled it that way. Oh. Right. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's like brainstorm. Let's see. Green needle. Bushert. Oh, yeah. Bushert. Oh, interesting. Bushert. The definition is a person's soulmate in Jewish use. Especially so maybe, with... maybe they're completely different words. One so, of the name, one of the name. Unrelated. Ox- the Oxford Dictionary defines Bushert as a person's soulmate. Right. Interesting. So yeah. Oxford, very orthodox. Uh, dictionary there. <laughs> Yes. All right, there's enough time. So let's go back to Larry's house for a second. The moment we cut to Steven Weber, and like I did not remember anything about this episode coming in except that we were going to get some LLM. Um, okay. But- so, oh, so I do, I do have just one last thing oh, um, okay. is that when I Googled Bashert on Wikipedia, the f- two questions that, you know, it gives you like, like uh, questions about it, like other people have asked. Mm-hmm. So the first two are what does Bashert mean in Yiddish? Yeah. And what does Bashert mean in Hebrew? Wow. And in Hebrew, it means destiny, according to this. Yeah. And in Yiddish, it means soulmate, which is yeah. consistent with what you're saying is that like. But it's not actually Hebrew word at all. It's only a Yiddish word. Are you sure? Yeah. Bashert's a Yiddish word. So now we have to find it the derivation of the word. Let's go back to Oxford for that one. Um, not derivation. What's what's the term when you're looking for a yeah, word? I uh, mean, on on Wiktionary, it only shows it in Yiddish. Yeah, it's a Yiddish word. Its etymology is Yiddish, Yiddish and, and German. Middle high, it comes middle from high German. German. It comes from Beshern. Beshern. Yeah, there's nothing Hebrew about this word. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Well, it's yeah. probably in Hebrew now, just like the way that half of you, the way Hebrew English. is English. Yeah, right. yeah. the German Bashar means to give, to bestow. Um, yeah, we're five minutes in and we spent five minutes discussing the word Bashar. So this is what people want. They oh, want they're it? like, okay. yeah, they want right. the, yeah, this is the pretty, Fine. pretty Bashar podcast. Okay. All right. So what I wanted to complain about, though, is like the moment we see Steven Weber in this opening scene, and I, I did not remember anything about the Shukar. I did not know what was going to happen. But like remembering nothing, my immediate reaction was like, oh, like. Like, this is way overly friendly for Larry to allow a stranger into a room where he's discussing, like, his private life and business circumstances. Like, LD would never allow this to happen. If LD walked into someone else's house and they had a shucker there, he'd be like, no, I'm uncomfortable. You can't have a shucker. He's <laughs> right. like, he, he serious? This is our conversation. I can't say the things I want to say. Like, so I like it doesn't seem like a thing that Larry would ever do um, unless there is indeed a uh, shucker, uh, imp- uh, you know, uh, customer confidentiality which are clearly, isn't. <laughs> it clearly like, isn't like this is larry's employee like larry's not a random guest if you're a shucker and you're shucking at john smith's house and and bill and, and you know bill einstein the guest is over there telling all this crazy shit tell everybody what bill einstein said but you can't say things about john smith because john is like your employer like if you're talking trash all over town like no one else is gonna like hire you are you gonna get yeah. another job sh- shucking after people know <laughs> it's not a great strategy yeah. for uh long-term business i agree so, yeah. so i it's a little annoying to me that um that exactly the kind of thing that you're um did you ever watch the show weeds you mentioned weeds in your opening line um yeah i saw up to a certain point and then i had enough yeah well, i probably I, saw three I, seasons if i had to guess uh yeah i watched each i watched the first season and then the second season i and i was really enjoying it but the 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 reason i i quit it is i don't remember the details anymore but i vaguely recall that like um the premise of the show is like her 
like, so her boyfriend or somebody is like involved with the police. It's some very close relative or something. I don't remember, but yeah, she's hard to kind of like the a very small town. Is, the dealer. way I saw the show was like, all right, there's one ridiculous thing, and you just have to accept that and buy into it for the purpose of the show to work. And I said, okay, fine, I'll buy into it. And then that one thing was the reason she got caught in season two, and I was like, this is so stupid. Like, if she get caught up, like it just, it's, I don't. So anyway, so it's kind of the same. Like, <laughs> well, I don't remember the same. Yeah, yeah, sure. I, I was mad enough about a plot point that I quit the show called Turkey, which I don't frequently do. Um, yeah, I mean, that's I think that's reasonable. Yeah, okay. He was like, All right, I'm not like, I mean, sometimes we're like the show just like jumps a shark, just like, All right, I don't need this anymore. What's your take on someone moving from city A to city B and arriving at city B and saying, um, much like Mr. Lippman, I renounce my support for all my former sporting teams and now I root only for the home teams of this new town that I live in? Um, that's interesting. I just heard someone on a podcast say that on the Steam podcast. Yeah, that's, that's why I'm bringing it up. Yeah, oh, okay, yeah, um. Honestly, I'm fine with it. Like, whatever. Who cares? I like, mean, yeah, this sure. is also stupid anyway. Like, yeah, of course. But it's like, no, but, but it's, it's like, like these it's... Jews who come over from Eastern Europe and the day they walk <laughs> in, like, no longer a Jew, you know, changing my name. I'm Episcopalian now. Like, OK, fine. Yeah, do whatever you want. But like, I don't know. Have some faith for your tradition and heritage. Um, yeah, I guess. But like, yeah. it sucks to be like a, a fan where like, oh, like you're the only one in town. Right. So <laughs> this this guy's much smarter than you. Yeah, I mean, although he's moved to Miami, where like all the teams are terrible. So whatever, he eventually one of them will be good, and it'll be fun because you'll be in the the city where like everyone's having a good time, yeah. and the team is fun instead of being like, my, the one loser who's like watching <laughs> Vikings games. My, my kids said to me, um, one of the reasons they liked going to Max games so much, the issue University Maccabees, um, <laughs> they like being on the side of the they, no. They team. said they said it's so nice for once that we get to root for the same team as everybody else. <laughs> yeah, you should just let your kids be New York fans. Yeah, um, whatever. Anyway. They shall suffer like their father suffers. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah, so Jeff is, uh, you know, so Larry toasts uh, being free of the fatwa. And Jeff tells him the best part is that fatwa, the musical is happening. Fat, the actual fatwa is off. Fake fatwa is back on. Mm-hmm. And they all congratulate Larry. And he tells everyone that, you know, don't get don't get so excited yet. It will only happen like, you know, I need to meet with Lin-Manuel Miranda, get him on board. And, you know, that's the only way this is happening. Yeah. And, and ju- just to yeah. reiterate, the Ayatollah Khomeini, Khomeini, whatever it is, he declares on international television, 1.2 billion people in the world, their religious obligation is to murder this guy because of this play he's going to put on. <laughs> now I heard from one other guy that he was nice to him at a buffet. So, OK, fine. We're going to cancel the murder call. But also the thing that so offended us that initiated it back up. So just just to, just to review for those who missed last week, that's what's happening here. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, well, they got word out. Like, it's, yeah. they, they, it's rescinded. Yeah. Mm. Um. So yeah. Um. So Ted. Yeah. So Ted and Cheryl are super excited just at the breathing of the name of Lin Manuel Miranda. They're yeah. like, "Oh, of course, he's in town." Um. You know, they're putting on Hamilton here. Can you get us tickets? We we would love. We want to go see Hamilton. Now hold we on. Got... Ted Danson can't, can't get, get a connection. Yeah. To Hamilton tickets, he's got to go through his girlfriend to ask her ex-husband. Or, or right, or like you just like your Ted Danson, you have a lot of money. Just get Hamilton tickets if you really want to go. Yeah, I mean Shucker selling for twenty five hundred. Them, I'm sure the <laughs> Shucker knew like the the, the price uh, on like you know scalping him. Yeah, yeah. I I I think the most unrealistic thing in this episode so far is that Ted Danson would have difficulty getting tickets. To <laughs> yeah, he's Ted Danson. Who's he? Yeah, that's a drop he, uh, in our podcast. No, I know who's you. He, uh, um, yeah. You're nobody. Yeah. <laughs> He's somebody. Yeah, you're much, much worse. Yeah. We also had a lot of those uh, NFL memes after the Super Bowl with uh, Matthew Stafford and Jerry Goff. I think. Oh yeah, yeah. Saw a couple I, of those. 
I didn't see that. Interesting. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. Um, yeah, so Leon gets in on that. He also wants tickets. And Larry's like, you guys are crazy. I haven't even met him yet. Like, I can't <laughs> just like ask him for tickets. Um, Susie ha- actually has already seen the play. She went to New York and saw it there. She absolutely loved it. <laughs> uh, Bridget agrees it was great. Uh, maybe they went together, Susie and Bridget. And Larry tells them he saw it, but he had played 36 holes of golf the day that he saw it. And I kind of fell asleep before the second act. Yeah. There was a stage in my life for like many years, actually, for like a, most of a my stage, life. A stage yeah. up until last week. Yeah. Um, where like 100% of the time that I was in a darkened room, I was falling asleep. Okay. Um, like movies and shows and things like that. Really? I mean, um, to the to like the street, like a movie theater for sure. I went to a burlesque show in Las Vegas. I slept with that. <laughs> um, I once saw Lewis Black, the comedian. Are you familiar with him? Yeah. He's one of like the angriest, loudest comedians. Yeah. I went to a show of his. I sat in the very first row and I sat there. He slept with the entire thing. But you and don't I, always fall asleep. And I, by the way, I went with my friend Rachel and her brother who had gotten Rachel and I the tickets. Uh, you, uh, you know what you're talking about. Um, and afterwards, like he was so disgusted with her that she had brought a loser like me to the, like who would fall asleep in the first, which which is a fair point, honestly. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but like you have successfully seen a movie before, right? Like, it's not like this literally always happens. Well, there was a stage where it happened. I mean, I oh. I, I, so I go to movies like twice a year. So, yeah, I fell asleep. OK, this. I mean, hold on a second. Hold on a second. I have key moment. That stage overlaps when I met my wife. I met my wife, Jen. Um, we on our first date, we went to a movie. And I and it was um it was Troy and I fell asleep during the movie. I mean they call it sleep, but it's not really sleeping. Oh, was you making a sex joke? Yes. No, I, I literally <laughs> fell asleep during the movie. And as I later found out, Jen left the theater, went to the bathroom to call her friend and say, Hey, I'm on this date with this guy. <laughs> and he fell asleep. And he fell asleep. Uh, you know, um, much like um the, the girl from the mob who Kramer falls asleep on top of. <laughs> So, yeah, I don't know how we've gone this far and you haven't yeah. mentioned you've mentioned this date before and but you have never mentioned that you fell asleep in the middle of the day. Oh, yeah, I probably should have. That's relevant. Yeah, um, it seems like something that people would want to know about. Yeah. So I fell asleep on the date and then Jen came back from the movie theater, obviously. Um, and I, I think she like nudged me or leaned her head on my shoulder. She did something that, that arose me from my slumber. So, uh-huh. yeah, obviously, since we're here today, <laughs> Mar- married well, maybe, years later, maybe yeah. she just let you sleep. Yeah. <laughs> had a nice nap. <laughs> Yeah, and um, you woke up, the movie was over. Yeah, it's not ideal to fall asleep on a first date. I wouldn't recommend it. I mean, <laughs> or, I don't you know. should recommend yeah, it. Yeah, it worked out, actually. 100% successful. Yeah. Do you know anyone who fell asleep on a first date and it didn't work out? I don't. Um, so I, I famously, this is the only time that I went to a movie on a very first date. Uh-huh. Famously, because Ali says I said otherwise. I mean, I did say otherwise, apparently, on a recent episode yes, of the podcast. Yes, there's a Which whole, really uh, yeah, so we had to, to check the tapes. I'm fact-checking myself on that one. Yeah. Um, yeah, so 100% of the time that I went to a movie on a very first date, I fell asleep uh, on that date, in that movie. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, so I'm sensitive to Larry here. The locker, the, the, the shucker is uh, listening in on this confession of Larry's, mm, and he, yes. uh, he looks a bit disappointed by this uh statement about hamilton yeah and larry notices him noticing uh which is the most important point he's liberal elite Uh, this is how they are so the uh the shucker interrupts he asks everyone if they're enjoying the meal Mm. tell him they should uh save some room for the cushies i don't know how that is points and cushies okay whatever yeah i don't know i don't know what any of that means um should we uh blue points and cushies are we google cushies i'm looking at cushy Cushy, I don't know, some type of sushi. All right, I have no idea. Okay, blue, a guide to shucking blue point oysters. Okay, so the blue point is a type of oyster. Type of oyster. Okay, whatever. 
And cushies are a cushy is another type of oyster um, grown in the productive waters of Deep Bay, British Columbia. The cushy are perfect for both novice and experienced oyster officiant. Oyster aficionados. Say that ten times fast. Not so easy. <laughs> oyster aficionados. Yeah. Uh, by the way, cushy is spelled differently than it was spelled by, in my HBO captions. There's two S's in there. Oh. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, anyone who's a big oyster fan, write in and let us know your take. <laughs> Blue points, cushies, and, and the where, spelling thereof. Yes. Where where, do, where does a a novice like me need to start? Um. Yeah, I, I mean, mean, I guess I start you, like guess... Mr. Lippman. I renounce my Judaism and then I like, <laughs> right. carry forth. Yeah. And I guess you hire a shucker. I mean, I guess that's what you would do, right? Yeah, that's you, true. Someone could, you know, well, I don't know. I got to experience. bring a shucker to my own house. I feel like I can go to a restaurant for my first experience. Right. That's probably true. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know anything about this. Yeah. I, I guess way, you I would... tell them you don't know anything. They ain't giving you blue points or, sh- or cushies. They're giving you the stuff on the bottom of the car. Right. That's true. Yeah. Points. You tell them that you're a, you're an oyster. I'm an expert. Yeah. Yeah, I need. I want only the best. I know how many S's are in cushies. I can do a blind it. taste test of uh, <laughs> right yes. how many S's there are, but yes. you don't know that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so yeah, so the guy walks out, and Larry all of a sudden is in in a much worse mood, and everyone's noticing. They're like, "What the hell's going on, Larry?" And he tells him that I think the shucker heard me talk about how I slept through Hamilton, and I hope he doesn't tattletale on me. Yes, a classic example of an absurd jump to conclusions <laughs> that is absolutely correct. Yeah, I mean, what he does here is probably like this shucker is probably just like, oh, this guy is like so lame that he fell asleep during Hamilton. Yeah, like was never going to think about it again. And then like Larry basically like blackmails himself by by approaching the guy. I hope you don't go tell Lin-Manuel Miranda, (laughs) who we all see from so frequently. Like, right. Um, Who among us has yeah. not had with Lin Manuel? Yeah, I don't know what circles he shucks in. He might get word out, and they're all like, "You're probably fine," which for sure. Yeah. Uh, the doorbell rings. Larry goes to answer the door, and it's this woman Rose who tells him that, "Hey, I'm the woman who sold you this house five years ago, and I just wanted to like see the house, see how it's been. It's been a long time. You know, I raised my kids here." And Larry's like, "Oh, you know, it's really not a good time. I have guests over." Uh, she's like, oh, "I'll just be a minute." And he's like, okay, fine. He, you know, he lets her in and she comes in and she starts complaining about the Italian tiles that Larry is covered with a rug. And she goes into another room and complains about the fact that Larry took down the wallpaper in there. Yeah. And she's like, well, I guess I guess you can do what you want. Technically, it is your house now. <laughs> yeah. Now, what time is this that Rose is showing up? I assume probably, I don't know, 30, 9 o'clock at night. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's um, now I need to say when oh, maybe when, earlier, probably earlier, probably when we like first see her, and she obviously grows and grows in obnoxious as holery over the course of the episode. But when Rose first knocks on the door, I'm 100 percent on her side here. Like, have you ever done this or try to do this? Um, I haven't, but I don't think there's anything wrong with it. But also, as soon as the person says, like, now's not a good time. Um, that's basically the end of the conversation. Oh, yeah, obviously. <laughs> but I'm saying that if the former homeowner, like if a former homeowner ever, ever visits me and if it's not a good time, it's not a good time. But like ordinarily, I would 100 percent welcome them in. Um, and I think they should be allowed in. And Jen, um, the aforementioned Jen, when we tried to visit her old home where she lived from the age of, you know, four or three or whatever until 18, we she tried once before and the person like stood at the door and blocked and like wouldn't let her in. And Jen told me the story. I'm like, I, that's so hard to believe. Why would this person let you in? There must have been some circumstance. So I went with Jen um, and our kids uh, a couple of years ago, again, when we were like local to there and we knocked on the door and it was the same person. And she like was blocking the door and it's like, oh, that's so nice. You grew up in. Yeah. yeah like we want to take a look around. No, I don't think so. Like what? Anyway, so uh, I'm uh, I, I, at least I'm on Rose Shapiro's side. I think she has a right to 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 want a visitor to ask. 
but um i'm not defending her her you know future behavior thereafter <laughs> Uh, yeah, I mean, it's like already by what we've seen, she's already like <laughs> way over. Yeah, yeah of course. Uh, she's crazy. What, what's yeah. <laughs> Super crazy. Yeah. Um, so, right. Yeah. And he's yeah, admitting that, like, I guess technically you're allowed to make changes to your own house that you own. <laughs> yes. um, so she's about to go into the master bathroom when Larry stops her and tells her, you know, I, I have guests like I don't want I don't want this going on. It's my house now. And as she's walking out, she sees the uh, the ficus plant that she left, uh, which is dying now. Mm. Um, and it's know, dying, Jerry. And she says, you know, I left this with you in good faith. And I was like, well, I've, you know, I've been trying my best to take care of the plant. And uh, she leaves very upset. Mm. Yeah. So um, as Larry comes back to the table, he overhears that Bridget has been talking about some of her ex-boyfriends. Uh, mm. For example, there's Todd with the man bush. Um there's uh the leaning tower of peter and um larry doesn't really like he doesn't really like this but susie's like what are you talking about she has like the best stories her exes are you know hilarious and rose comes back in and by the way we've had this exact same storyline before um where larry was worried that cheryl was gonna say he was kinky because oh yeah yeah yeah. oh yeah yes larry being afraid of what a present lover will say about them in the future we've had this literally verbatim this exact story um, yes, for sure. Yeah. Uh, he should have thought about the MDA back then. She, she, she wouldn't be uh, spilling about the Tahoe trip. Yeah. Um, what did happen in Tahoe? Sounds exciting. We'll find out. Actually, we, actually, well, we won't. We won't. Yeah. So. Um, maybe in season 12, they'll, come, they'll circle mm-hmm. back to it. Yeah. Um, yes, I interrupted you. So Rose wanders into the dining room. Yeah, Rose wanders back in. And she's like, you know, this dinner area no longer seems inviting anymore. And Larry's like, wait, you're still here? What's going on? I thought I told you to leave. I have guests over. Get out of here. And she starts to complain. You know, Larry, you changed everything. And Larry's like, yeah, she used to live in the house. She's like, you know, explaining to everyone. <laughs> and he's she's like, again, he's like, please leave. And she's like, you're being rude. <laughs> uh, finally, so she leaves again for real. And uh, Ted asks Bridget to go on with the story about Peter. And she starts to explain how he used to bite her ass, which annoys Larry to hear. Uh, better than biting their nipple, uh, Leon chimes in. The uh, shucker finally comes back in to thank the guests for inviting him and for having such a great night. And he says, I hope this was a success. Mm. Ha, 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 ha. Uh, very similar to the Igor Timor, right? The, what was his thing that he said? Which? Who's Igor Timor? Uh, Bill Hader. Oh, oh, um, oh, oh, terrible job. I forgot. Yeah. He also had a thing where he added in the. Sh- yeah. Yeah. All right. Let, let's not let our ignorance fester. Let's move on. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. So. He uh, says goodbye. He walks out and um, Larry thanks him for coming before. But and then he goes on to explain, you know, the whole thing with me falling asleep during Hamilton. You know, it happens to be I play 36 rounds. Of right, he was about to walk out without, like, you know, wrapping up a Larry, getting a tip or signing anything. Or, uh, it seems a little weird, but whatever. Um, yeah, I yeah. guess. Um, so, you know, he tries to explain the whole story about Hamilton and the shucker is like, no matter how you try to dress it up, you fell asleep during Hamilton. And Larry's like, yeah, but, you know, the 36 hours of golf, 36 rounds mm. of golf, uh, holes of golf. Sorry. Um, he's like, you know, come on. Isn't there any, you know, shucker discretion here? You know, I, I know you go shuck from house to house. 
And Shucker's like, here, here's what I can do for you. I promise I won't mention it if you can get me two tickets to Hamilton. So Larry tells him, I can't get them. Um, you know, I just, I can't. And the Shucker is like, well, Lin-Manuel won't be very ha- happy to hear that you fell asleep during Hamilton. And Larry finally says, all right, I'll just, I'll see what I can do. Yeah. Now we sort of touched on this before, but like, what is Larry actually afraid of? So let's say that we live in a world where the shucker somehow gets in contact with Lin-Manuel Miranda and he tells Lin-Manuel Miranda his tale, right? And Lin-Manuel Miranda says to Larry, is it true that you fell asleep in my show? And Larry says, what, what are you talking about? And the little man Miranda's like, yeah, the shucker told me that. And Larry's like, oh, that asshole was over shucking my house, overheard I was meeting with you, demanded I would get him Hamilton tickets. When I said I couldn't, he said, well, I'm going to, you know, screw you over if you don't get me tickets. Yeah. Like, I don't understand why Larry's so afraid of the shucker. Yeah. I'm, also, he can't be like, yeah, I'm really sorry. I was like, I was really tired and I was on medication and I fell asleep, like make up an yeah, excuse. But don't, yeah, but don't even need to concede the point. I know, but like you even can. And it's like, yeah, Lin-Manuel probably. Miranda knows that he's that Hamilton is good. Like, it's OK. Yeah, I mean, we'll get to the end when, you know, the, when he falls asleep again the second time. But again, right. there, I think he has kind of a reasonable explanation. Yeah. Right. I mean, well, that's, that's America I, uh... watches him put the drugs in his mouth. So, right. Yeah, it was uh, splendid, by the way. Oh, splendid. Yes, yeah, splendid. splendid. <laughs> um, Great success. Good so, yeah. So uh, Larry returns to the table, finds that everyone, you know, everyone's really excited about the shucker and Ted is loving the cake. And Larry's like, finally, he's just like, everyone just leave. Um, so he's like, well, we're still having the post-dinner conversation. You're ruining a lovely dinner. Um, and I was like, no, I'm preventing it from being ruined by calling things uh, short. And uh, Jeff uh, picks up the Shucker's hat and tells everyone, you know, I think I like this. And Larry tells him to keep it. Susie tells him she really likes it. All right, let's go, Sheriff. And they mm. head out. Yeah. Off to uh, have lots and lots of sex, I suppose. Okay, so we head over to Lynn Manuel Miranda's office, and Larry and Jeff are waiting. Well, no, it's the office of right, some... of his agent, right? Yeah. Right. Well, yeah, it's the office, right? It's where they're going to meet Lynn. Well, wait, um, can we get into that? Like, they have to meet. They have to wait for Aaron, and that's the only place they can meet in Los Angeles. Um, I mean, it's probably like that's where just like Lynn is working out of. Like, but even but hold on. In the second time they meet, their first and this comes later in the episode, they're waiting in the wait in like the reception area for a while, and then the receptionist finally says to them, "Aaron just left his office. You guys can go in now because they're all in together." That's when they start running to the office. You know, so right. this massive agency doesn't have any available room, no conference room, nothing. The right. only available room is this one room. Well, he doesn't want a conference room. He Lynn wants to have the office. No, the big so chair. He can sit sure. at, the de- okay. at the desk. They have no and... other room with the big chair. Yeah, but I don't know. I, I mean, they want, he wants an office. Yeah, it doesn't really make sense to me. Yeah, uh, yeah. I feel it's like he's in town. His agent's like, okay, you, you can use my office for yeah. as you need. All right, let, let's so let's get into the office. Yeah. So all of a sudden, the chair placement is very important because, as we know, Larry always says yes to bosses, always the first <laughs> of people in the bigger chair. Like this is a known thing we've seen in nine seasons. <laughs> yeah, um, he'll, we, he'll we, never we... insult somebody when they're in a boss chair. He would never do such a thing like that. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, first we get this whole spiel about how. Um, Everyone is treating uh, Jeff better because of the hat. Uh, Susie's become really oh. more respectful. Oh, yes, They've yes. been having tons of sex. Mm. And, you know, he says, I haven't had this much sex since college. Maybe she has this cowboy perversion that this has unleashed. Mm. And Larry thinks he's going to have to research whether or not there are any women out there with a bald perversion. Mm. Yeah. I mean, there's at least one Marissa Tomei. 
Yes. Um, and Larry, I'm, I'm sure there's a lot of women who are into baldies. Yeah, I'm sure there are. Larry is a little nervous that uh, Lynn is going to insist on rewriting all the music um, and all the songs because, like, Larry's already done the songs. Like, he likes the songs how they are. And the receptionist tells them, time to go up. Uh, and sorry, Lynn is uh, Lynn is, gonna, is taking a while. And um, whether they want to go up and wait in the office. And Jeff thanks the receptionist, tips the cap. She's very charmed. Mm. And uh, Larry fries. <laughs> He's given the cold shoulder. Yes. With great prejudice. Yeah. So now we go up, up into the actual office, to Aaron's office. They're greeted by Aaron. He tells mm. Jeff that he likes the hats. He explains to Larry and Jeff that they're really excited about Fatwan. And he would, uh, he love, he would love to play Salmon. But uh, Lynn's so busy, he doesn't know if Lynn will be able to do it. Mm. And Larry uh, looks on the TV and he sees that Judge Judy is on and he tells Aaron how much he loves Judge Judy. And um, Aaron says, well, I'm her agent as well. Mm. Um, so, yeah. So Aaron is doing very well because Judge Judy takes down like 50 million a year. Yeah. Between Judge Judy and Lin-Manuel Miranda yeah. is his clients. He's much more successful than Jeff. <laughs> yes. Um, although, I don't know. Larry David may have more earnings than the two of them combined, right? Well, I don't think so. No, they both have like well into the hundreds of millions. Yeah. So um, I, I, I listened to the uh, It's Always Sending Philadelphia podcast. Yeah. And it was funny because they were discussing um, they were Googling. They were searching each other's net worth and then like laughing about it, about how inaccurate it was. Right. And they said, like, and yet for other celebrities, you just search it all the time. <laughs> right. Yeah. So, yeah. Judge Judy's net worth, according to the Google, is four hundred and fifty million. Okay, so right there, she's the same as Larry. Yeah, so I think that's about even to Larry. I didn't realize she was worth that much. Larry wow. David, four hundred million. So yeah, right. around the same. And then um, Lin Manuel Miranda. I see what, ninety million. Guess? I just I looked. I saw ninety million. Yeah, I see eighty. So yeah, I think they. Uh, okay. Yeah. Well, it's and, really and, just and, Judge and Judy is doing earning. most of the heavy lifting. Yeah, although future earning Judge Judy, I don't know how well she's doing. Is, is her show? Do they show it in um, syndication? I I have no idea. I don't think they're putting it on Netflix. <laughs> Can you imagine if Netflix bought the rights to all the episodes of Judge Judy? That'd be pretty funny. Yeah. All right, I'm going to binge Judge Judy, watch the whole series. I mean, I, I think I know my wife would do it probably. I mean, not <laughs> in that order, but she, anytime it's on, she'll watch. Really? Yeah. I used to watch it when I was like in high school. Mm, yeah. I've seen it here and there. Um, yeah, it was like when I didn't have cable and like there was nothing on during the yeah. day other than like these, you know, talk shows and stuff, which I still don't understand. It's so crazy. Well, like, don't we, they know that like there's a bunch of kids like pl- pretending to be sick home from school that need to watch something? <laughs> Just like put one channel of like cartoons or whatever, even TV shows with people, but like for kids. Um, yeah, so. Lynn comes in and uh, he greets them, gives Aaron a hug, and uh, he's you know telling how excited we are about Fatwa. And Aaron heads out to discuss and tell them that you know my office is your office, mm. do as you wish. So Larry asks Lynn um, if he can get two tickets to Hamilton for his shucker, and Lynn is surprised. But after Larry keeps you know pushing, you know he really wants it. Like I really like the shucker. Uh, he says he'll see what he can do. So he invites Larry and Jeff to have a seat. And while after they sit down, Lynn asks them where they'd like to do the show. And they say, Broadway, where else? Lynn tells them, I think you should probably try a town like L.A. first, see how it goes. And Larry immediately agrees. Mm. 
Uh, he then asks them about who they're thinking about for the cast, and Larry tells them, like, well, of course, you, we know we want you to play Salman Rushdie, and we were thinking Mandy Patinkin for the Ayatollah. Uh, Lynn suggests F. Murray Abraham instead for the Ayatollah because the F stands for fucking awesome. And <laughs> once again, Larry immediately agrees. And Jeff like looks at Larry like puzzled. Like, what are you what are you doing? Why are you letting him decide everything? Is there a huge difference between F. Murray Abraham and Manny Potemkin? They're very similar in my head. Uh, yeah, they're they're similar enough. But I think yeah. it's more the principle that like he's just. Like, yeah, I'd he's rather just go for Mandy. I feel like he has more of a personality. <laughs> yeah. Um so Lynn gets a call. He asks them if they could step outside for a minute. He has to speak to London. And Jeff asks Larry, like, what's going on? And Larry, like, you know, why are you agreeing to everything? And Larry tells him it's because of the desk. Lynn's seated in the boss position. And Larry feels obligated to just take his orders. And yeah. they agree that they have to do something to get him out of the chair. Um, yeah, so um, yeah, I, I'm completely with you. And, you know, as you said before, like this just like isn't a thing as far as I'm concerned. Um, it's yeah. certainly not something we've seen for Larry David. But like, I, I mean, I've certainly never experienced this. Where, like I felt like, oh, he's in like a bigger chair. So like I have to uh, listen to what he says. Well, I mean, he had the whole chair issue, of course, with the shrink. Right. So, right. Uh, I mean, I think there is a there. Uh, there obviously is an idea behind this, right? The reason a king or a queen sits on a throne is because of, you know, right. the, what, what the throne represents and gives them. I just, you know, Larry being the kind of person who's going to be so obsequious and deferential to uh, the big boss in the chair, just, you know, I find right. He'll be more like, oh, the big boss in the chair. He thinks he can tell yeah. me what to do. Yeah. Oh, I mean, but Lynn Manuel Miranda really chair. does own that chair nicely. He's putting his feet up on the desk. He's right. really going to town. Right. Well, I think he said my office is your office. Yeah, so I guess you so. know. that's what he does in his office. Um, Are you a big put your feet up on the desk kind of guy? No, I don't put my feet on the desk. Hmm. Hmm. No, I guess you do. Um, yeah, if the mood strikes, <laughs> All right. I like to get comfortable. Yeah, no, I don't do that. Um, so yeah, so they agree that they, you know, they, they got to get Lynn out of that chair. Um, so they go back in and Larry asks Lynn if he could come sit with them over by the couches and Lynn says, nah, I'm good where I am. I'm, you know, I'll stay here. Um, I like having a bird's eye view of all the angles. Yeah. And he tells Larry that he wants to write the songs and Larry says, no, I've already written them. And Lynn is like, yeah, well, I, I saw that. It's a good starting point. And Larry starts singing the op the opener, but Lynn interrupts him. And like he starts adding on his own touch. He ends up rapping. Um, yeah, Lynn's version sounds very good. Yeah, it is very good. Um, Larry, yeah, Larry tries to sneak over and sit in the chair. But Lynn stops him and asks him to sit in the guest chairs and tells him that we need to reschedule because I have ideas in my head. I need to download them, think about it, figure it out. And Larry agrees, and uh, Lynn tells them to get the hell out. <laughs> so back over to uh, Larry's house with Bridget, and they're watching Chicago Homicide on Larry's couch in his bedroom. Mm. Did you notice who's playing the uh, the two roles there? Um, yeah, I saw one of them was uh, Ali uh, Larder. But, yes, um, yeah, F we famous from the uh, whipped cream bikini scene in Varsity yeah. Blues. Yeah, and Jerry O'Connell is playing the uh, the male. Who's Jerry O'Connell? I mean, he's a he's a guy. I don't know. He, I, oh, I don't. I don't okay. think I've seen him in a whipped cream bikini, but right, probably not. He's, he's a famous actor. No, <laughs> I haven't seen too many people in whipped cream. He's, he's got a very common look. He's been in a million TV shows. Mm -hmm. uh, he's been married to Rebecca Romaine. I see for the last fifteen years. Oh, that's pretty good. Not Rebecca Romaine Stamos. Uh, I guess she's Rebecca Romaine Stamos O'Connell. At this I point, I see. I see. Yeah. All right. His top credits on on Wikipedia are Sliders, which I've never seen. My Secret Identity, which I've never seen. Stand by Me. I, I might have seen that a long time ago. Uh, Oh, he's in Jerry Maguire. Scream oh. Who's he in Jerry Maguire? Frank Cushman. I don't know who that oh, is. Oh, he's the quarterback. 
Oh, he's that quarterback. The uh, yeah, oh, like the, the one who the, the one who was going to be the number one pick. Oh, okay. Um, all right. If you say so. Well, Kush. They called him so. Kush. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. I think so. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Anyways, I could see him and Allie Larder being on a TV show together. Yeah. Um, Larry's very surprised the show is popular, but Bridget explains that it's been proven that anyone will watch anything with Chicago in the title. Mm, yeah. And they laugh. And uh, Larry makes a comment saying that, you know, this couch is really uncomfortable. So Bridget's like, so get a new one. What's the big deal? And he says that he hates watching people move furniture around for him and that it's the only reason why he wouldn't want to get a piano because then he would have to see them move the piano. <laughs> um, this seems very avoidable. Like go out for lunch and come back when they're done moving the couch and like now you just have a new couch in your house. Yeah, I guess so. Very stupid reason to not. Uh, to not yeah. You, like, you don't have to witness it. Yeah, this is just a, a poor attempt at small talk. They, they ring the doorbell. You say, hey, all right, I'm going to head out for a few hours. Give me a call when you're finished, and I'll come back and pay you. Yeah, should you, should you leave these random people you don't know in your house all the time? Probably not, but. Yeah, it's fine. Most of the time it's fine until one person steals all your stuff. Right. Yeah. Okay, fine. Fair enough. I guess you can't do that. Um, yeah, well, he, Leon could. Well, you can't trust Leon to stay. He'll like. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, she tells him that, you know, I'm really getting to know you when I've loved hanging out with you. Uh, we had so much fun at dinner the other night. Uh, and I was like, yeah, except for the part where you started talking about all your exes. And she's like, oh, come on. Susie loves those stories. And Larry asks her, well, are you ever going to talk that way about me, the way you do about your exes? And she assures him, no, of course not. And he's like, well, what do you even have on me so far? And she's like, I have nothing. Uh, you're normal. And she just keeps watching her show. Um, she uh, catches a uh, a quick penis usage, and she yeah. quickly picks up her phone to call someone at NBC to let them know they snuck one in. Yeah, she she loves to use a real double entendres whenever talking about the uh, the penises and the vaginas. Yes. Yeah. Uh, um. So Larry hears a noise downstairs and goes to check, and he finds the hair rose watering the plant in the hallway. Mm. Uh, this very very. Now what rem- time is it now? Yeah, I don't know. This seems late at night. Yeah, yeah especially for an older an older lady. Yeah, this is very reminiscent to me of uh, the last black man in San Francisco. Where which part? Well, the whole premise is there. This guy is like going back to his old family's house and like mending, you know, tending to it. I, I saw that movie, but I don't remember that. Yeah, he's like the, the the owners come home one day and he's like painting the front door, and they're like, he's like, "What the hell's wrong with you?" And he's uh-huh. like, "Well, you've been neglecting it." And he's like, he's like tidying up and cleaning up around the outside of the house. All right. Um. So um, she tells him that she has a spare key and she let herself in and Larry chases her out, calls her a fucking psycho as he heads back. Um, so yeah, I would say she's definitely going to be the fucking psycho of the week. Yeah. Uh, All righty. Back over to Jeff's house just for a quick scene. We see uh, Jeff and Susie going at it and she's screaming, fuck me, Tex. Yeah. And do you notice uh, what does he have in common with Larry David when having sex? What? He wears a shirt. Oh, yeah. Interesting. Well, maybe only when he only wears has, a hat. Has tex. Yeah, Tex wears yeah. a shirt. Tex wears a shirt. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. No. If he wears a hat, he also wears a shirt. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah. Uh, okay, back right back over to Lynn's office. Yeah. Um, Larry's very surprised by this whole new look from Jeff. He got the boots too now, also. And Jeff's Sally, listen, like the women are loving this new look. The only problem is I have to keep fucking my wife every night. <laughs> And Larry tells him that he has to sit behind the desk today. You got to change the dynamic. We got to flip the script. 
And Jeff warns him, okay, but just like don't piss off Lynn. Like you have to be careful. And Larry tells him he won't, but I'm just like a little unhappy because Lynn's been taking over creative control for me more than I want. And he looks back over at the receptionist and notices that she has heard this whole conversation and she smiles, acknowledging that indeed she has. And he asks, maybe you'll keep a receptionist discretion. And she just looks away. Now here already, like this is much, makes much more sense in the shucker because like she works in the office where like Lynn's agent is. Yeah. Yeah. So like, this is much more plausible. Yeah. She has zero duty to Larry here. Like randomly that week will be the shucker at like a a dinner that like Lynn Manuel Miranda is at and is going to mention it to him. Like, yeah, completely ridiculous. Um, So yeah, Ted walks up to them and explain, you know, they're like, Oh, what are you doing here? He explains, he's got new agents in the building um, or in this office. Larry tells him, you know, it's enough with the acting already. Maybe you should call it quits. You should retire. I'm tired of seeing you on TV all the time. And Ted tells Jeff um, he's not going to be available this weekend because he's heading out to Tahoe with Cheryl. And Larry's like, oh, yeah, Cheryl and I went there once. And uh, Ted just starts giggling. It's like, yeah, Cheryl told me. Mm. Uh, Larry is uh, very thrown off by this. And Jeff's like, what happened in Tahoe? And Larry, you know, says, I'm not telling you. Jeff keeps pushing. Um, And, you know, Larry gets bailed out because Lynn walks up to them and greets them. He compliments Jeff's new look as well. And Larry asks him if he got the tickets to Hamilton. And he tells him, sorry, I wasn't able to. Um, you know, I'd be happy to get them for you, but I'm not getting for your shucker. Yeah. Now, wh- why did Larry say in the first place that it was for a shucker? Um, yeah, I, I don't know. I guess he was just being honest. He figured what, whatever. Like, he probably figured Lynn Minor could get yeah. unlimited tickets to Hamilton. So, like, whatever. Like, it doesn't matter. Probably one would assume so, yeah. 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 Um. Larry tells him, you know, fine, I'll go. And, you know, you're like, really? You're going to be going? You'll be using these tickets? And Lynn gives uh, Larry the eye to stare. Yeah, so it's interesting. um, Lynn initiates it here. Right. Which I would now propose that in the world of curvy enthusiasm in Los Angeles in that world, People are familiar with the Larry stare, and that's why they're, <laughs> they, that's the only explanation. Because um, Jerry used it against him in in season seven. Mister Takahashi used it against him in season seven. Here, Lynn's using it against him in season nine. So that's like three of the last six times that we've seen it. It's been the other person initiating it. Yeah, well, I certainly have no problem with saying that Jerry Seinfeld knows about it. Sure. Okay. Mister um, Takahashi's had a few run-ins with Larry. Yeah. So like yeah. he's probably encountered it. Yeah, Lynn would have um, had to hear from the shock. Right. So maybe part. from Lynn, it's it's just Lynn does this, too. Mm, yeah, I guess. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I find it hard to believe that it's like, oh, like word is out on the streets of L.A. Everyone knows that like Larry David. Yeah, I mean, listen, it's a very small town. <laughs> it's a very small town. Right. Yeah. There's one street. Yeah. <laughs> um. So, yeah. So. They do the I thing. And the receptionist tells them that Aaron's office upstairs is ready and they can head up. Mm-hmm. And Larry turns to Jeff and tells him that he's got to race Lynn and beat him to the desk. Yeah. And they start running, you know, running through the office, leaving Jeff behind. And Lynn is, you know, finally gets the step ahead and he's about to get to the chair when they start fighting and wrestling down to the ground. He shoves Larry to the floor, takes the chair, sits down and proclaims fatwa in victory. And, and then continues as if nothing is happening. <laughs> like in the world of the show. Let's go back into that world for a second. What the fuck just happened? You don't just tackle somebody like that and then just continue. Pretend nothing in the world happened. 
It's like completely like, you know, I talked about how like they were fast forwarding uh, straight to the play by the finale, you know, going back season four again. They're fast forwarding through all like the building slow, uh, you know, fighting that happens between him and Ben Stiller and then him and David Schwimmer, like we're <laughs> right. straight to physical violence in the second movie. <laughs> right. Well, we had, we were straight to somebody, Larry getting bombed three episodes. Yeah. So I mean, we're actually yeah, de-escalating they, here. I suppose that's true. They didn't shoot each other. <laughs> um, so Lynn starts talking to him about the show and Larry asks if he has a pen and he calls Lucy to help, uh, you know, get them a pen and a pad so he can write. Um, so yeah, Larry's like in a very uh, subservient position, I suppose here. Yeah. Um, okay, so we're back over at Larry's, and Leon is asking Larry, like, what happened at Tahoe? And hmm. Larry tells him, I won't tell you no matter how many times you ask me. And if you really want to know, go find out from Ted Danson. Hmm. It um, reminds me of Jeff's later insistence that he won't say anything bad about Mickey. <laughs> right. Larry keeps saying, I'm not going to say what happened at Tahoe. <laughs> right. But you, like, he has no problem if Ted Danson tells him. Well, I think that's sarcastically saying, like, you know, go fuck yourself. Why is why is Cheryl blabbing all over town? <laughs> right. But but meaning he's like, go find out for Ted Danson. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> he's like telling them where to find out. I, I took that as sarcasm. I don't think he actually wants Jeff to go ask Ted. But who knows? No, oh, but this is Leon. Yeah. I guess. Or Leon. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, yeah. So fine. So Larry complains, uh, you know, people just don't have discretion anymore. And he tells him about the whole thing with Bridget from the other day, you know, talking about her exes over dinner. And Leon says, you should make her sign a non-disclosure agreement. And Larry tells him, that's a great idea. Uh, they have it for housekeepers. Why not for sex? Yeah. Um, now, why do they have NDAs for housekeepers? I never heard of this. What is, what's he talking about? I assume in Hollywood they do because the housekeeper could snitch. Oh, I, you know, I saw this person coming out or I right. saw, you know, drugs or alcohol or. Uh-huh. Yeah. Interesting. I never heard of that. I mean, I, I assume that uh, people of a certain level of wealth and or fame have every single person that comes to their house sign an NDA. Right. Like right. any you're working for them in any capacity. Yeah. Yeah. All right. I'm going to make some people start I mean, uh, signing NDAs. Derek Jeter, Derek Jeter very famously has had like every woman he slept with do this. So like he a- asks them before, <laughs> will you sign an NDA? Right. Wasn't that part of the thing? And then he gave him the gift basket. And I don't remember the whole thing. Yeah. Something like that. Yeah. Well, we'll get to it. Yeah. NDAs are very unsexy. Yeah. Um, <laughs> we should feel bad. Derek Jeter's unemployed right now, right? He doesn't have a job. Yeah. Yeah. Too bad. He's no longer with the Marlins. Yeah. He's unemployed. The yeah. un- yeah. unemployment rate went up because yeah. of Derek Jeter. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Thanks, Biden. Um, so Leon tells him if he's really worried about Bridget <laughs> seeing his Johnson, he must make her sign one. Yeah. And you don't want her speaking about it. Yeah. Um, so Jeff walks in and gives Larry the cowboy hat. He tells him that he's done with it mm. and asks if he can talk. Larry shows him to the living room. He complains to Larry and Leon that Susie sprained his penis from all the sex she wanted, taking his dick to places it's not meant to. Yeah. Now, what? Too far where, to the right, too far to the left. Yeah, what is, where was Jeff's dick not meant to go? Like, I don't understand the, the left to the right part. Like, yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, I'm not an expert on the uh, the anatomy of the vagina, mm. but yeah. yeah, this doesn't sound correct for what, of what Jeff is saying. But I, I, you know, again, not an expert. Yeah. But listen, if uh, anywhere that a woman who's having sex with me wants it to go is a place it's meant to be, in right? <laughs> um, that's very generous of you. Yeah. Uh, Leon tells him he needs to go see a dick chiropractor. Mm, yeah. Uh, Jeff <laughs> tells him I'm on painkillers. That seems to be handling it so far. Yeah. And uh, Larry asks for some uh, because of the shoulder pain. Um, 
Yeah, this is turning into like an episode of Dope Sick. Yeah, we got opiates just being handed out left and right here. Yeah, I mean that's uh yeah, <laughs> according to the show, that's that's what was going on these days. Actually, everyone so. just was just yeah. like walking around with these pills because they were uh you know, misbranding them and committing, you know, gargantuan fraud on the public. I guess so. I mean, I I will say I had um I had a procedure a few months ago and I had um propofol, is that what it's called? The one that Michael Jackson died on? I don't know. Could be. Sounds yeah. right. Sure. And um it was extraordinarily like I woke up from like the most refreshing like midday nap I've ever had. And I was like, <laughs> oh, now I see why like Michael Jackson liked this drug. Like drugs are great. Like, drugs yes. are great. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, there's a reason I I, you know, cl- glad that it's a controlled substance because uh yeah, it seems like a little bit. Yeah, it should be controlled. Yeah, it should, yeah. It shouldn't be Pro- controlled. Propofol. Yeah, not a, some other drugs probably shouldn't be, but anyway. yeah, um, yeah. So Larry takes one for the shoulder pain, uh, but Jeff warns him, you know, don't take them unless you need to. They're very strong. Yeah. So Jeff tells Larry that LMM's agent. By the way, has... are these loose like pocket pills? <laughs> Seems like um, yeah, where, where where did we have that? With, with the uh, with the tic tac that he offered the judge, <laughs> right? With the beasts in the field, which will come back in this episode. Right. Yes. Yeah, so, yes. So we, I, I was going to I had that written down as like, where where was that? OK. Yeah. Yeah. When he got when he got the ticket for for beeping the police officer who was in happy endings, which we were discussing uh, before we came on the air. So that's in uh, what? Palestinian chicken. No, no, no. That was in this season. That was in season nine. Oh, uh, the beast in the field was there. Yeah, he just got the he just got the ticket for beeping the police officer a couple weeks ago on our podcast. Got it. Okay, I'm I'm all yeah. Confused. The beast in the field is a reference. Yeah, it's a it's a it's a reference to earlier this season. Curb doesn't make references to things. It, it, They're not paying attention. Got it. Yeah, there's no Bible. Right. Bible right. Uh, well, last last week they had all those people back. Yeah, that's true. Well, no, unless it's an intentional sort of you know series possible finale type thing. Right. Yeah. All right. So Jeff has the great news that um, he got the call from Lynn Manuel's agent and he's agreed to play Fatwa. And he also tells him we already like, passed that. I didn't know that the two dates with all the rewriting were like, you know, it was still a uh, probationary. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and uh, even better news, Marty and Lewis are in to invest. Yeah. Um, Why would Larry give a shit about that? <laughs> yeah. Like Larry could fund this on his own. Yeah. I Whatever. We want to re- mention his friends. Keep them in the mix. Yeah, I think it's a way of letting us know they'll be back for the season finale next week. Yeah, and uh, you know that'll be a series wrap for uh, Marty Funkhauser, mm. but we'll get to there. Um, Larry puts the cowboy hat on, hat on in excitement, and Leon and Jeff like how he looks. Larry decides to go look in the mirror to see how he looks, and on his way to the mirror, he notices that his plant is missing, and yes. he realizes Rose must have taken it. Yes. So we head over to Rose's and Larry and Leon have no problem finding her address. Yeah. Leon's explaining to Larry how Rose literally home invaded him. And Larry tells him to remove his do-rag because, you know, he really doesn't like the optics of a black man with a do-rag. It just doesn't look good. And Leon insists she'll be fine. Yeah, I I mean, it usually has worked out to Larry and Leon's benefit. Yeah, let Leon do his thing. Like, Leon knows how to get stuff For done. For sure, like there's stuff. a, you know, if you're in the South and the person answering the door is not an 80-year-old Jewish lady, you might be afraid that the person's going to answer with a gun if they see a black guy in a do-rag. And I would understand right. that concern. But uh, for Mrs. Shapiro, I guess she looks at the people she doesn't answer, maybe, is, is a concern. But once she opens the door, any intimidation that Leon has is to, to his benefit, I think, right? Yeah. Yeah. All right, now let's get into Shapiro's house. The entire time they're in there, they discuss... Other things they should steal instead of just taking the thing they came for. I don't understand this at all. Um. Yes. Right. There's there's, there's the sculpture of, of Mr. Shapiro. Right. Leon wants, on to, his head. Leon wants to take the dog. Yeah. 
Uh, none of this makes sense. And then, by the way, and then they leave without taking the plant. Right. And they're like, well, you, you haven't heard the end of us. Why did you not take the plant? Were you physically afraid of her? Like, it's completely flabbergasted. <laughs> I like when Larry's like, I don't want to talk. Who's going to take care of it? Yeah. Oh, yes. I do like yes, the, the conversation that they have there. Uh, so they start to argue and um, yeah, they, they, they head out. Uh, Larry tells her she'll see him. She'll see her in court. Mm, apparently, yes. Um, such as it is arbitration, technically. But yes. Um, so, yeah, we're in the car on the way to Cheryl's. Larry gets a call from Lynn, who tells him he's cleared his schedule. He's in for fatwa. He tells Larry he's, he's excited to work on rewriting the songs together. And Larry's like, no, actually, you know, I think it's in pretty good shape. You know, there's really no need to get in the weeds. Uh, but, you know, the weeds is where all the fun is, Lynn oh, responds. Yes. And Lynn tells Larry that his wife is going to be going to watch Hamilton with him. And I'm excited for the two to meet. Um, and, you know, he goes on to say, like, and, you know, she's going to meet you because, like, you're going to be there, right? The tickets yes. are for you, right? Yes. And Larry assures him he'll be there and that he will see his wife there. Now, my question here is, originally he was giving him two tickets. Yes. So why couldn't he just take the shocker? Yeah, that's where I thought the episode was going. Sort of like when Jerry has to go to the Super Bowl with Newman. Right. But in the end, he doesn't go with anybody. He just and, goes yeah, But himself. there's no available seat either. Right, it makes no sense. Yeah, yeah, so that part doesn't really add up either. Yeah, like, like if he told said to the shucker, "Hey, look, you you can still go see Hamilton, but, but I like, gotta show up. But yeah, you have to go with me. Oh, I get to go see Hamilton while sitting next to a celebrity. That's <laughs> right. I'm yeah. gonna be sitting next to Larry David and Lin Manuel Miranda's wife. Yeah. Uh, no, no, you're not. It's gonna be twenty five. And, and Larry, no, well, anyone no. Larry introduces me to, he'll have to introduce me as the shucker and say how good a shucker I am. Obviously, right. he's not gonna insult me. He can't risk that. Exactly. So yeah, yeah it's actually a win. Yeah, huge. Um, yeah, okay. So Larry walks over to Cheryl's house, knocks on the door, and note, and Larry sees that they're having a party inside. And he's like, "What the hell? Why wasn't I invited?" Yeah, and she's like, "Well, why do I have to invite you?" And she's like, "He's like, well, I just had you over a couple nights ago. You should reciprocate." Well, hold on a second though. The the valid point here is almost is, is why did Larry have to invite his ex wife to a small intimate dinner party where he had hired a personal shucker to celebrate the end of his fatwa? Like, why <laughs> was she there? Because, he doesn't like Ted. Cheryl because he's a regular Ted. on the show. I guess so, yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, so that, that's a valid question, actually. Well, what is she doing here? Because did, her contract says this? that she's a regular yeah. for Did you watch the deleted scene? Uh, no, I was saving that. Oh, can we can we watch it right here, actually? Yeah, this is where to go. So, okay. Yeah. I want to know what, what did he say? Stop it. I'll delete it. I'll just delete it. Stop it. Get off me. The deleted scene will set it up. Is It's about a minute and 10 seconds, but the first... 30 seconds of it are actually just um, the scene that, that you just described. And then it's, the deleted scene is actually an extended scene of, of oh, Larry. found it on Vimeo. Feral arguing here. All right. Yeah, I sent it to you on WhatsApp. Also. Yeah, yeah, okay, I got it. Okay. You can't have an office when you're not oh. in an office. Well, unless right. you, you have Connect Teams. Oh, no, With skip. Connect Teams app, you can easily... Tr- All right. No, I'll, I'll be right there. I'll be right there. Oh, hi. What's going on here? Oh, it's just a little party. How come I wasn't invited? To the party? Yeah, why wasn't I invited? You just had dinner at my house. I know, that was so nice, and uh, we had a great time. Okay, so how come you're not inviting me? Where's the reciprocity? Well, I'm gonna reciprocate, but not this <laughs> you're one. You're gonna reciprocate? This yeah. was the opportunity to reciprocate. This is your first thing after I invited you to something. That's not how it works. You know, I, I don't think you know anything about reciprocation. I do. Do you? I don't think so. It's tit for tat, okay? 
It's not tit, skip a beat, skip another beat, and then tat. It's tit, tat, tit, tat. I thought that was vengeance. <laughs> tit for tat, eye for an eye. That's what social things are anyway, are they not? They so, are not. They're vengeance in a way. Come to the party. I want you to come in and I, really I don't whoop it up. Go, I don't want to go to the party. Well, now you have to go and, because and it's tit for tat. Anyway. I don't want this You tat. just said this is your tat, tit for tat. Come in, I like this. mix and mingle. Yeah. No, no, because I, I, I don't want to mix, I don't want to mingle, and, and I wouldn't have come even if I was invited. <laughs> All right, so that's great. You laughed like twice. Though I do wonder in an episode that could be any unspecific amount of time and clocks in at 43 minutes, like how do they decide what to, you know, what to cut? Right. If only we had Roger Nygaard. Actually, I think this episode is edited by Jonathan Korn. Oh, all right. So Roger would know nothing. Yeah. So, but yeah, but because, you know, I did think this was a pretty good, um, a pretty good scene that they could have. Yeah. 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 The tip mouse. Yeah. Now, this is also something that you and I discussed not too recently on the podcast, which is the idea of like Larry's saying it's got to be tit for the next tat. So like if you have somebody over to a dinner party, you have to invite them to the very next dinner party that you host. Yeah, I that's think not Larry's true. Wrong there. Yeah, yeah, that's completely that's ridiculous. Yeah, you 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 have to you have to you know you should extend the the uh, the, the tat at some point, but it doesn't have to be. Yeah, you. right. So this could be, be a chatting nonstop. Right. This could be a particular group of people or just people that you need to reciprocate because they had you to a party you know yeah. a year ago and you haven't yeah. uh, had them over. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Yeah. Larry should go fuck himself. Like, yeah, you know, of course. Who does she have? She has the shocker, of course. Well, she had a great experience with him, so now so. he's he's yeah. uh, he's over here. Um. And Larry wants to know what you told Ted about Tahoe because mm. when he mentioned it the other day, he snickered, and she tells him, "I didn't tell him anything." And Larry presses her to admit, but she tells him Ted was I, Ted was just talking about our trip to Tahoe. Like you don't know what you're talking about. Uh. Yeah. This is not very believable. Uh, Larry asks if Ted's around, and Cheryl tells him that Ted's off shooting. Mm. And Larry wants Enough. to know why he doesn't he just retire. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Larry notices that the shucker is there, as you said. He's making food, and he tells Cheryl, "I need to go speak to him." Uh, so he walks over, grabs the shucker, tells him he's uh, who sells him. He's really looking forward to getting those Hamilton tickets. Uh, Larry tells him, "I have your hat. It's with me. You know, why don't you come get it from my car?" And the shocker thanks him for the hat. And Larry explains to him that Lynn's wife is going to be watching Hamilton next to me. So I'm going to need my tickets back. And the shocker asks for $2,500. Yeah. Uh, you're quite a prick, aren't you? Larry tells him. It's, it's the, the shocker's way. It's, yeah, yeah. it's the shocker's way. Yeah. Uh, Larry tells him, I don't, I don't have any cash on him. This uh, yeah. Kirby enthusiast. Larry tells him he doesn't have ca- any cash on him, but the shocker tells him he'd be happy to take a credit card. We're set up for that. Yeah. Um, so yeah, back over at Larry's. Larry's in bed watching a show when Bridget walks in. Mm. And by the way, I did bed. just Google it. Um, hiring a you can hire a private oyster shucker for any party or festivity, birthday, wedding, corporate meeting, bat mitzvah, bar mitzvah. There you go. I'm not probably not an Orthodox bat mitzvah or bar mitzvah. <laughs> I wouldn't think. Yeah. Um. So Bridget, mm. uh, uh, New York City's top uh, uh, full, full service oyster shucking raw bar is called Mother Shuckers. <laughs> So yes, it is the it is the shucker's way. Yeah. Um, so yeah. So uh, Bridget kisses him and you know starts flirting with him and asks him what he would like to do sexually if he has mm-hmm. any like you know grand ideas. And Larry says, you know, really the main thing I like to do is to t- take my erect penis and put it into a vagina and thrust. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, nothing. I'm, I'm a simple man. Yeah. Real way to turn a woman on. Uh, and he tells her. 
you know, he, he sees that she's disappointed that like, you know, there's nothing more exciting. And he tells her, I do have something that could change that. And he takes out his folder with a copy of a non-disclosure agreement. And she completely flips out. She's shocked as she like reads aloud from it. Larry assures her that it's boilerplate. <laughs> she's like, boilerplate, you yes. just made it up. <laughs> so did Larry write this himself or he asked the lawyer to do so? I think he wrote this himself. Yeah, okay. Because when bad. she reads the particulars, it sounds like they were written by Larry. Yeah, but what we see on screen, he does a good job with his legal, his fake legalese. Maybe he used like legal zoom. Yeah. It is interesting how Larry's assistant um, is, you know, less and less uh, seen in later seasons. Right. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's kind of out on his own. Yeah. Yeah, they never really pl- replace... Um, um Antoinette. Former, yeah, Antoinette, former guest of the show. Yeah. Um Larry, you know, insists that it'll be better for their relationship and how, you know, his ex-wife is spilling the tea on their sexual experience in Tahoe mm. all over town. Yeah. And uh Bridget tells her him that this is the unsexiest thing she's ever gotten in a relationship, and she gets out of bed, puts on pants. She takes her stuff out and goes downstairs. Yeah. And uh, Larry shouts down to her that she's really missed it out. There was an orgasms galore heading her way. Yeah. If only she had signed on the dotted line. That's what he's promising. She won't regret it. Now, here's the thing. Like, if Larry's promising that Tahoe Larry is like this amazing creature that she's really missing out on, then why is he so embarrassed about his Tahoe performance? He should be proud of it if he's trying to get women to have sex with him. Um, yeah, well, we don't really know what it is. I don't know why it's embarrassing. We we don't know what happened in Tahoe. Well, but we know that Larry's embarrassed about it. He doesn't want it getting out. Is this right. an Uncle Junior situation? Larry's <laughs> of a certain generation where... No, because we know he's not embarrassed about that because he tells everybody when he gets pubic hair in his mouth from having done right. that. Right. Yeah. I, yeah, yeah. I'm, I, I have no idea what, <laughs> what we're even supposed to think this is. Yeah. Um... um so yeah, so Bridget, yeah. Bridget's had it, had it. She tells, she tells him, you know, I knew it was, this was a mistake. Eddie never liked you. Um, and Larry's like, oh, that kid who you pretend has Asperger's? And she's like, stop pretend. He has Asperger's. That's Larry, bur- That's burning the bridge. What's your excuse? Yeah. Um, and uh, Larry goes to the window and begs her to change her mind. Mm, yeah. Alas, not to be. Um, okay, we are now going to... Uh, go into the final scene of the episode and uh, we've been clip free until now because uh, we're gonna basically go straight to the end here um, with this whole Judge Judy scene and uh, I guess we'll pause as we go so you could just say pause Alex if you'd like me to pause okay. that, that'll be pause, our code Alex. word yeah. yeah or you can say apricot apricot's mm, the other okay. code word tippy toe tippy toe <laughs> tippy toe all right you are about to enter the courtroom of Judge Judith Scheinman. This is Judge Judy. HD. Larry David <laughs> is suing Rose Shapiro for trespassing at his home and stealing his ficus plant. Larry David says that Mrs. Shapiro has made him feel unsafe in his own home. The defendant is countersuing Mr. David for sole custody of the plant on grounds <laughs> Everyone's just home watching Judge Judy. Yeah, this well, Shades God. of uh, Seinfeld, right? The, uh, the the episode of Jerry where everybody's watching. Yeah. Well, at least that's like a prime time show. Yeah, like yeah the, the middle of the day, syndicated. <laughs> yeah, Judge Judy. Yeah. Cheryl's just sitting having her coffee, watching as she does. David versus Shapiro. Thank you. You're welcome, Judge. Probably has been sworn in. By the way, I know a David Shapiro. Also, like, what's like Judge Judy is not filmed live, so like, what's like what's like the time loop that's happening here 
like, but is it implied that it's live? Not necessarily. I know, but otherwise, so we're we're supposed to be. Larry would have told these people he was on Judge Judy, I guess. Well, but also, so like we're seeing in this very moment, we're seeing a shuttle between like Larry David, like actually filming it, right? Or are we just seeing TV? Are we not even? I think we're we're seeing what they're seeing. We're seeing the TV version. Okay, we're not seeing anything where they're actually in the courtroom. No, we are. We're not seeing it live, but we're seeing it through the TV. Yeah, yeah. See. Subsequently, several weeks ago, you no, because not because this is not a the, the shot from TV. How do you know it's not? I don't know. It doesn't seem like it. Let's like off to the side. Yeah, they got different angles. Tim, that's the guy. That's the guy I was telling you about. This is the guy you had all those sex stories about. Yes, that's Larry Longball. <laughs> all right, okay, tippy toe. So the friend says. That's the guy you had all those sex stories about. To which she responds, yes, that's Larry Longballs. That's the end of the story. What else is there? The Longballs. Well, maybe there's other stuff. I, I mean, I don't know. He doesn't strike me that Larry's got other stuff, but, you know. Well, maybe th- maybe she makes stuff up. Who knows if uh, the leading tower of Peter, of Peter was really. Leave it happened. Yeah. She comes back another time uninvited, uses her key, steals a plant. Miss Shapiro. I see that you have some evidence here. This is the way the plant looked when I found it in his house. I'm going to object. Yeah. Objection. <laughs> Total objection. Who are you? This is uh, Leon Black. He's, he's, he's my witness. Does he have any relevant information that would help, that would help your case? I do. Plant is like a person. Certain parts of the year, that plant turns darker like myself. When I go to Florida, I turn a little darker, a shade darker. Most of the time, I carry myself in a mocha tone. But there are some, some parts of the year where I'm more mahogany. Let's get finished Many with ex- the various tones of Mr. Black, and let's move on to something else. Your Honor, is it possible I could pace while you're asking <laughs> me questions? Like a true lawyer would do? Would you put him in a seat? Mr. Shapiro. Yes. You have another exhibit underneath that to show me what the plant looks like now? Yes, I do. Anybody want a cough drop? You want one? Judge, Judge Hannah, you want a cough drop? So hard to be fair. Yeah, very, give, give her a cough drop. So this is the guy you're working with? All right, tippy toe. Yeah. You went back to Mr. David. Yeah. All right, yeah. So, yeah, he's doing all the things he was doing with the other judge. He offers the cough drop. Right, right, yeah. He, the, he'll do the yoo soon. Yeah. Um, we see America Ferrer is married to Lin-Manuel Miranda. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know why they didn't get the real uh, Mrs. Manuel Miranda. Mm. MMR. MM. MMM. Just yes. MM. Triple M. Yeah. 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 It's hard. 3M, I think it's stole called. Stole the plant. Mm. I would say rather than stole, rescued. Judge, <laughs> That's a great way of putting is it. Filtered? <laughs> what is he asking me? Is it filtered, Judge? It's, yes, is it filtered? it's filtered. Yes, it's filtered. I'm sorry. That is not filtered water. Don't drink it. Don't drink it. Put what it do down. You, what do you put on unfiltered water? Tap water on the table for That's it. That's it. I'm done. Mr. David, while I understand that Mrs. Shapiro did the wrong thing, I can only say to you, sir, that anyone who would neglect a plant in that fashion doesn't deserve to have it. Your case is dismissed. Where Solomonic you- ruling here. This is- Goodbye. What? I excuse, you may step out. That's- this is crazy. I'm, I'm shocked. Shocked. Are we not better than the, the beasts in the field? <laughs> and by beasts, I'm not talking about the, the chickens. See, we got I'm all the side angles. The <laughs> right. And the, 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 the donkey. The donkey. With his black jaw stare and on? Oh, He was brushing his teeth for that whole uh, episode? <laughs> 
Yes, ma'am. All right. Yeah, so where did the, like this is just like so out of nowhere. Yeah, so apparently Susie does have a thing for cowboys and once Jeff loses the hat, she decides, well, I'll just find out that it belongs to Shucker and start fucking the Shucker. Um I but like back to back, I fell on the floor laughing. Like when Larry brought back the beast of the field thing, I started laughing. And then when we see the shocker come out of Susie's bathroom, although are they in Susie's house? Like that's a little bit risky to be doing it in your own house. Yeah, it's like it's so casual. Yeah. Like they're already. I guess this is already now months later, right? Who knows? Yeah, I don't know. Is like we have a time later? jump. I guess it has to have been because Larry had to go on. Uh, yeah. On Judge Judy, then they had to edit it, then they had to produce it, and then they had to post right. it on TV. Yeah, maybe who knows? I don't know. Although it doesn't, it doesn't make sense though, because then we now we jump in the final scene. It's the next day. So how do we know it's he got tickets for the very next day? The shocker, maybe not the next day, but probably you know coming right, up listen, very maybe soon. Maybe Judge Judy is posting that thing in a week, in three days. <laughs> maybe knows? I don't know. All right, gotta be, gotta um, be live. They otherwise people making references. They'll be dated by the time the episode comes out. Yeah, yeah, I, I guess. Are we really watching um, the rest of this episode now? N- no. Oh, so, okay, that's probably one we're seeing. Um, yeah. So yeah. So we we go we go to Hamilton as you said earlier. Larry's second ticket seems to have disappeared. Yeah. Um. I will say the Hamilton scene that we see is other than what we just we just saw the beast in the field and Susie and the shucker like is the best scene in the episode. Um, but that's because we, we get because you get to see Hamilton, Hamilton. Yeah, right? Which is like a much better show than like, you know, most of late season nine of Curb, unfortunately. Yeah. Uh, um, yeah. Yeah. He, you know, he, he gives the whole backstory about uh, why it's him and not the shucker. This all, you know, goes on this whole thing about how he hates. Uh, he likes oysters and clams, but I'm not a shucker. Mm, um yeah, and uh, Larry tells her that he shouldn't be worried about getting into it being the fatwa. He should be worried about getting into her, mm. but not in a sexual way. Yeah, what I mean is he shouldn't get into the weeds of the show. Get into her he weeds. Get into her weeds again. <laughs> not sexual. Yeah. <laughs> Larry then complains. Listen, if you don't want her to be se- think of it as sexual, don't use such obvious sexual uh, words as weeds. Yeah. <laughs> um. He tells her, you know, I'm having this shoulder pain. And she's like, from what? And he's like, oh, from wrestling with Lynn when we were after we raced in his office. And she's pretty shocked to hear this. And then he finds the pills in his pockets and tells her, oh, that's great. I have painkillers. They offer him some water and he takes the pills. Um, he immediately starts yawning already during the opening number and starts to doze off when they get to the climactic uh, Yorktown. Mm. And the performer playing Hamilton uh, starts yelling at him and wakes him up. Yeah. Is this a thing? Cast members see someone sleeping in the audience and they interrupt their performance to yell at them? <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't think so. I think they would just carry on. Um, um, actually, I think I need to admit something here. This is like, I would say it's the worst thing I've ever done. But it might be the most obnoxious thing I've ever done. Um, do you remember the time in high school that we went to see uh, Hamlet in 12th grade? Um, I remember, yeah, but I don't yes. remember much about it. So I remember we went, it was very boring. So the entire, oh, I, I, I remember quite, quite differently than you. Do oh, I remember there was like a sex scene or something. Right? Yeah. Okay. So, so the entire eleventh grade and twelfth grade of our yeshiva went to see a, a performance of Hamlet, and it was Leah Schreiber was it not playing um, Hamlet? Could be. I don't remember. I think it was. Um, I remember one thing that they did was whenever he would do a soliloquy, he would take out like one of those um voice recorders that were popular in the late nineties. Uh huh. That was like one of their modern shticks. Anyways, um, so the the reason you should have remembered it is because Ophelia um, uh, is topless in a couple of scenes before intermission. And the the rabbis and administrators from our Orthodox Yeshiva said, well, this cannot be. We must, <laughs> we must leave. 
which um, is incredibly rude when you bring over 200 people to a show and they all leave at halftime. And that's like at least like a majority of the audience or more than half the audience or whatever. And it's like very obvious that you've all left. It's an incredibly rude thing to do, uh, but not the rudest thing that I did that day because um, our mutual friend, Rafi, uh, who was close buddies with me at the time, he and I are like the first ones in the theater. And we got, we sat in the very, very first row in like the very, very middle, like the two closest seats to the stage that you could possibly get. I guess sometimes there might be like an orchestra under there, but there was no orchestra. We were like, you know, so close to the stage. How close were we? We were so close that Rafi sits back in his chair, kicks his legs up and puts his legs on the stage, treating the stage as his own personal ottoman. Mm. And I'm like, Rafi, you can't do that. This is like right before the show started. But like, he's like, oh, you don't know anything. Like you haven't been to shows. You're from Minnesota. Of course, you're allowed to do this. (laughs) He's like, yeah. I'm like, okay. So I put my legs up on the stage. So we put our legs up on the stage. And obviously what happened is that the actors saw these two 17-year-old assholes with their feet on the stage in the first row and said, how fucking rude are these kids? Because there's a scene like the second or third scene of the play where all these the, the players uh, come on to the, We see the players come onto the stage and the players um, in this, um, the, the people playing the players in this presentation of Hamlet are like dressed up in like, like Mardi Gras type masks and they're running all over the stage. And one of them runs right up to the two of us kicks our feet off the stage and like leans down and like screams at us through his mask from like eight inches away from our faces. I should ask Rafi if he remembers this. Um, <laughs> to which I quickly learned, oh no, you are not allowed to do this. We're not supposed to do this. And it's an extraordinarily obnoxious thing I just did. Yeah. Um, yeah. But, but yeah, less bad. Fun. Less bad than uh, uh, forcing half the audience to leave because of a nipple. Right. Um, fun way to find out. Yeah. Um, yeah. So Larry puts his head on her, on her shoulder, starts drifting off. And she uh, she tries to remove his head as uh, Hamilton fades out and the curb and the music fades in. Hmm. Yeah. And again, I think Larry has a reasonable explanation. Like he, he took medicine right in front of Lynn's wife. It's not his fault. It's the drugs like, you know. Yeah. But um, look, as I said, I'm motivated to defend him because I, I fall asleep during shows. That's what I do. Right. Yeah. All right, Alf, what is uh, your rating for this episode? Um, I'm going to say this episode is pretty, pretty good. Um, and I, I think not a whole lot makes a ton of sense. The uh, the Judge Judy thing was like funny in theory, but I think the scene really falls flat. And it's like they devote like eight minutes to it. It's like it's like a full it's like a it's like a whole like it's like a sketch, basically. <clears throat> Yeah. Um, and like that has to work kind of for this episode to work. And like, you know, the to kind of the whole build up, like the whole thing with the shuckers ridiculous. Um, though, you know, I, I don't even remember everything, but um there was just, just wasn't a ton. I mean, there was a few things, you know, the thing I probably laughed the most at was a deleted scene. Um, yeah. so that's not that's probably not the best. So bad editing job by Mr. Porn. <laughs> yeah. Yep. All right, so what's your rating? I said already, pretty, pretty good. Just two. Two pretties, two pretties for you. Yeah. All right, so so yeah, let's go story by story. So our A story is obviously, um, you know, Lin Manuel Miranda. It's cute, but none of it makes any sense. The wrestling, the no consequences, yeah, that whole thing yeah. is dumb. Yeah, that so, whole thing also is very stupid. So that, that that falls very flat to me. Uh, our B story is Larry wondering about what Bridget will say about him sexually after they break up. Which, as I said, Larry already had this concern with Cheryl seasons ago. Um, Cheryl thought the daytime sex was kinky. Um, so yeah. It, it, if if Larry's concerned that what he did in Tahoe is noteworthy enough for others to think of it, then what the hell must Cheryl think? Because Cheryl, as we said, is extraordinarily uptight and concerned. Right. Maybe it was that yeah. they he was proposed having sex with the lights on. Yeah. All right. So our C and D stories to me are the ones that kind of rescue the episode. Susie liking to fuck cowboys is funny. 
um, you know, especially when we see the, um, you know, when, when we see the shocker come out of the bathroom, that's gold. And then Rose Shapiro, although she's kind of ridiculous, it, it leads to Larry being on Judge Judy, which that whole scene, we just watch it. It's amazing. So I say that on the back of these solid two storylines, even if the main stories don't really do it for me, I'm going to say that the episode is somewhat rescued. So I've given a pretty, pretty one and a half, pretty three of the last four episodes. I'm going all the way up to two and a half this episode. I'm going to say this episode is pretty, pretty, pretty good. So higher than Av, uh, uh, overall 73 out of 100. So a below average episode, but, uh, you know, still a decent curb. Yeah. All right. Oh, come on. Be a come with guy. Um, who's your come with guy? Um, I'm going to go with uh, Bridget as my come with gal. Mm. Um, maybe a little bit of just like a uh, lifetime achievement award here for like the yeah. capping of the three episodes. But I, I did think she was very fun in this one. Like she's uh, pushing the ante on, you know, spicing up the sex life. She's such um, a snitch, though. Yeah, but you know, I, I think that she, uh, I think she bails on Larry at the right time. Um, yeah. you know, once he ha- he has you signing paperwork, it's uh, it's time to bolt. And yeah, I think you know, it it was just this was a really fun three episode run for her. So I wanted to get her on the stat sheet a little bit, and uh, I think she uh, does a nice job. And, uh, yeah, and, very, and very if, memorable. If we never see her again with uh, three episodes dating Larry, that is tied for second all time behind Cheryl. Do you remember the the first person to uh, date Larry for three episodes? I'll give you a clue. It crossed uh, season six and season seven. Oh, Loretta. Fine. Yes. Loretta, of course, with three. And then Irma. What about Irma? Has, Irma, well, Irma hasn't happened yet. Yeah. Irma's right. four episodes. But yeah, but that's that's in the future in Curve, even though it's in the past on this podcast. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. But that's fine. My come with guy uh, is clearly going to be the shocker. He shucks. He fucks. <laughs> he uh, he does it all. Interesting. Because my fucking asshole Ooh. is. You're a fucking asshole. That's what you are. The shucker. Okay. Um, he, uh, yeah, he, he blackmails Larry. He extorts him. Um, when the guy who was like really trying to help you out and got you free Hamilton tickets comes back to you and says, like, I'm really sorry. I need them. You just give it to him and like, you know, keep the goodwill alive. He'll, he'll probably help you out. I mean, listen, going back to last week, I mean, imagine what, uh, what was the janitor's name? I can't, I already forgot. Uh, Caesar. Imagine how Caesar would be like, oh, of course, no problem. And then call Larry and ask him if he could have his house. Yeah. Well, but this is a little different because Larry wasn't like doing it as a favor. He was doing it to bribe the guy to pay him off. Right. But I feel like he would then still feel yeah. like he owes him in order to not. All right. Well, listen, I'll, him. I'll give you a little secret. I just opened up our document um, and I went to the the uh, fucking asshole page to add um, your choice as the, as the fucking asshole being uh, the shocker. And it already said the shocker for me. So I must have uh, picked the shocker before I changed my mind, which which indeed I did. And now that I remember, I think what happened is is I picked the shocker for my fucking asshole, then decided I wanted him for my come with guy is how I moved it away. So um, <laughs> the shocker brags that he's a prick, but it's the shocker's way. And anyway, being a prick and a fucking asshole are a little bit different. Um, LLM is very annoying and is playing yeah. a great job of like sort of a douchey version of himself. But I'm going to have to give it to Rose Shapiro. That pushy <laughs> asshole gives a bad name to every person who wants to visit their old home. And in the process, provides a justification for the assholes in, like the ones in Michigan who wouldn't let Jen see her old home. So, like, those people will now say, well, you could be a Rose Shapiro. <laughs> and so, fuck you, Rose Shapiro, because you're a fucking asshole and you're ruining it for the rest of us. I thought we already agreed that she's a fucking psycho, not a fucking asshole. Well, I guess she's both, yeah. She could be both. Yeah. Yeah, those do, those do go hand in hand Psy- Psycho and asshole, they kind of sound yeah. similar. All right. I would you stop with the Ted dance? <laughs> Who's he? He's somebody. What about me? You're nobody. Why him? Why not me? He's good. You're not. I'm better than him. You're worse. <laughs> much, much worse. All right. We got a whole bunch of cameos in this episode. We have 
I would say two new members of the Ted Danson Club, Lin-Manuel Miranda and sure. Judge Judy Scheinler. For sure, yes. Yeah. And then we have three um, name actors playing other roles, although I don't know. You don't know who Jerry O'Connell was or Ali Lardis. They probably don't count. And America Ferrer also. I don't know if she's a big enough name necessarily. Steve Weber, see, though. Yeah. Steve Weber is another. I mean, I don't. He's in Wings. Yeah. But do, I, do people see those people? That, uh, yeah. Those are all like, you know, those are all sort of TV stars. I don't know yeah. how you call them. Yeah. So, yes, but we do have two new additions to the Ted Danson Club, which is fun because we haven't had one. I think when's a lot. We had Elizabeth Banks earlier this season. Mm-hmm. That's the last one we had uh, in season nine. And so, yeah, so we're, we're doing we're doing pretty good. We are now up to 16 members of the Ted Danson Club. Plus, we had uh, Woody Allen and Seth Rogen in season 11. So 18 members of, of the Ted Danson Club in total. Woody Allen, Woody Harrelson, Woody Harrelson. Excuse me. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think Woody Allen yeah. was. Woody Allen curb. was not at season eleven of Curb. Yeah, maybe. maybe I feel like 12. that. Would, I feel like that would have been big news. Yeah, Larry uh, was starred in a Woody Allen movie and has, I think, yes. he's defended him in the past. So yeah, probably. Yeah. All right, are we? Is it time for the Postman? It is time for the Postman. Postman, Postman, come here. here Tell the neighborhood. What a shanda, Larry. Uh, uh, Larry uh, David. Larry, uh, uh, you are lousy Jews. But you're a lousy human being. He screws the wife of a man in a wheelchair. Ashanda. Maybe you should have given me some candy. You're a lousy Jew. First postman letter this week is from Svi Raps, who asks, have either of you ever pulled a Rose Shapiro? Alex uh, spoke about that earlier. The additional encounter of checking out an old house, I mean, this strikes me as something Chester has definitely done. (laughs) Yes. Well, Uh, uh, certainly tried with with um, with with uh, my wife although one of the few the previous owners of our home uh emailed me out of the blue and said can we come look at it and i said absolutely so yes right. yeah very nice um wouldn't larry simply kill two birds with one stone and get his own cowboy hat to cover his baldness it doesn't even seem to occur to him that he can co-opt this move that everyone seems to love and hide his least favorite feature yeah but you gotta be able to pull it off right can larry pull it off i don't know yeah, fucking ass all the week in an episode with a ton to choose from. I got to go with Larry Longballs here. He asks for Hamilton tickets seconds after meeting LOM for the first time. He basically turns down sex, something he just said last week he'd never done by forcing oh, yeah. this NDA on Bridget at the worst possible time. He murders an innocent. Hold on. He wasn't turning it down. He was just saying, can we get this out of the way first? Yeah, but he he essentially uh, nullifies it. So if she, well, he was OK with plain sex. He just wasn't going to give her the full Tahoe experience. Not without an NDA. Yeah. So he yeah. does turn down sex. Well, he turns on a type of sex. He was still willing to give her the vanilla. Right. Body. The regular yeah. just penis thrusting in vagina. Yeah. His preferred mode. Yes. Of course. <laughs> um, he uh, he murders an innocent ficus. And worst of all, he falls asleep multiple times during Hamilton. Yeah. I think there was a brief time, probably around 2015, 2016, when we all thought that dissing Hamilton anyway was the worst possible offense an American commit. Well, that was before Hamilton was canceled. Too late. Um, come with Guy is uh, get some Susie. She is the opposite of her usual cantankerous self. This episode, just all positive vibes from Susie. She's fun at the party, even happy the fatwa got called off. She not only sprains Jeff's penis, but she upgrades to the shucker, successfully yeah. cheating on Jeff and getting back at him for the first time we've seen. Yeah, yeah sure. We, we, yeah, we didn't talk more about that. This is, I think this really is the first time that she's ever uh, cheated. Um, yeah, yeah we see. But I don't even know if Jeff seen. would care because Jeff seems to not be interested in having sex with her. Um, I still would, don't think he would like somebody else having sex with Susie. Um, not no. He offered it to Larry. He openly offered. <laughs> I think right. I think an open marriage it would be the best thing Jeff could hear. Right. You wouldn't have to go sneak it around. I don't think Jeff cares at all. You want to have sex with Susie? Be my guest. <laughs> <Zyuzans. Yeah. laughs> 
<laughs> if you do, I don't have to. Um, for the rating, he says, I had barely any recollection of this episode coming in, but LMM was a lot wackier and funnier than I remembered. I love the Judge Judy scene, mm-hmm. and the plot points actually connected in a much stronger way than the past few weeks. Still not a ton of laugh-out-loud moments. A potential Three Pretties episode that gets the extra half for being, at the time, the first time I got to experience a non-bootleg recording of any part of Hamilton. Three and a half pretties out of five. Joshua Schmitz writes in and says, Hello, gentlemen. This season really is sort of a mixed bag. Why do they wait until episode nine to address the musical they've been pushing all season long? While I'm a huge Lin-Manuel Miranda fan, the swarmy character he's trying to play here doesn't work for me. Most of the storylines of this episode are just so-so in that regard. A fucking asshole is Mrs. Shapiro, who goes to their old house they sold just to criticize and steal things. What a lunatic. <laughs> Go with Guy well, is no, Susie. I mean, yes, to criticize and steal things, yes, of course. Those are <laughs> lunatic behaviors. Yes. yes. Come with Guy is Susie for finally getting a side piece herself. And the rating is three pretties out of five. Next up is Jim Crumley, who says, well, there was some laughs here. This episode is too long. It had more endings than Clue. The Mrs. Shapiro subplot should have been the backbone of another episode with Ling's lead, Stephen Weber's appearance, yet another musty mm. TV Thursday show has a major guest star on Curb. I wonder how many there are total. Two and a half out of five. Come with guy is Manny Miranda. He takes the part, potentially saving Larry's life, plus he brings the funny. Fucking asshole is the shucker. His shtick is not good. He is a jerk to Larry, plus he sleeps with Susie. Finally, the hat makes no sense as a shucker accessory and it looks better on Jeff. All right. William Blake says, yeah, that's a good question. What does shucking have to do with cowboys? If anything, shuckers are like by the sea. You should be a sea boy. We should be wearing a sailor hat. Yeah. Much like uh, Rose Shapiro's uh, husband was. Or was that a page boy hat? I don't know. No, no. William Blake says, hey, Alex and Av, my name is Will and I don't know how to shuck. We have two Gilmore Girls main cast in this episode. Lorelai Gilmore played by Lauren Graham and Michelle Gerard played by Yannick Truesdale. Who's that? Lynn's agent's father. Oh, it's a it's a oh that guy is yeah. Oh yeah, of course. Yannick's a guy's name, as I just said, like Yannick Noah. Got it. Yeah, I have no idea. Oh, okay. Okay. Um, come with guy is Lynn Manuel. He knows Larry so well from the jump that he makes sure he puts bowling alley like bumpers on their interactions to make sure he stays on course. And the fucking asshole is the shucker. I mean, he said as much to Larry. Three and a half, three sorry, three out of five pretties. A middle of the road episode with some good moments, but if Tex and his cowboy hat steal the show, it can't get more than a three. Zach Brooks says, I think I'd be good at being a standards and practices screener. Pay me to watch TV and send in my feedback. I'll definitely do that. Some high value minutes from Leon and weird to have LMM not use his middle name when he calls Larry Lynn Miranda. Who the hell is that? I, I had the same thought. Lynn Manuel Miranda. I know who that is. Yeah. So, uh, the same thing. Uh, Carl Anthony Towns. Sometimes people refer to him as Carl Towns. And I was like, what? Mm-hmm. Huh? <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah. I've also I've heard people refer to him as Sasha Cohen. And I was like, oh, oh like the that's scare? weirder to me. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, not allowed. Yeah, it may go unnoticed, but I really like the Shuckers plaid shirts. Plaid shirts. Yeah, they work even without the hat. Fucking asshole is definitely the woman. Uh, no come with guy, but let's Wait, which go with woman? come with uh, Rose, Rose Shapiro. Shapiro I oh, okay. he means, yeah, yeah. Okay. no come with guy, but let's go with a come with cowboy hat this week. Oh yeah, that's true. Every whoever wears it gets to have sex with Susie. The uh, Judge Judy stuff we tried hard, but didn't work at all. Some funny ideas mm. that I don't think I laughed at all the episode. Oh, I like, that. and it was an extra long episode, like Larry. And so overstuffed. <laughs> well done, Zach. I wish they would have had the cast call out Larry sleeping as a callback to the Mike Pence stuff. The Mike Pence stuff. 
I don't know what they. I don't know what that means. Mike Pence, like oh, the vice president. It's because Mike Mike Pence, um, like had the whole thing with the Hamilton cast, where like they called him out. Yeah. What does that do with sleeping, though? So he wants them, the, the oh, cast, the, to call out Larry for sleeping. Uh, 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 write a letter, an open letter to him falling asleep during our show. No, they didn't yeah. do it in an open letter. They, like, they did, called did him they out in a, person. Yeah, before the show. Didn't they all get up and give a speech about how we should respect people's rights or something like that? I think it was at the end of the show. But, oh, yeah, the like the show, he, yeah. He, they, like, called him out and, you know. Did he stay to the end of the show? I thought he made. Oh, no, that was the he went to a, a football game where he flew yeah. all the way across the country to theatric. And then left because they yes. was a player and yelled. Yeah. Yes. Um, he was he was able to see from all the way up in the owner's box, and that guy was by far the best guy in that ticket. <laughs> yes, by yeah. a wide margin. Yeah, um, arguably by a bigger golf than any um, other ticket uh, administration in history. Yeah, yeah, no, just like a regular person who whatever yeah. thinks a lot of things that I think are wrong, but yeah. whatever, he's just a guy, yeah. not some replacement level psychopath, right? Replacement level politician. Yeah. <laughs> Um, I kicked his coverage there. Yeah. Um, okay, and he gives it uh, two bonus point for Hamilton songs. Okay. Yeah. All right, and finally we end with Olin Allen, who says, "Have you guys ever gone with the cowboy look? I even fancy Jeff in that getup. So heaven no. knows what I do with yourselves in a cowboy hat." No. Anyway, no. Yeah, have you ever worn any of those things? Have you ever worn a bolo tie? I've, I've, I've never. No. no. Okay, the cowboy boots. Now yeah. I, I've worn. Um, I'm a big going to the beach guy i'm gonna wear a hat because i don't want to burn myself right and i prefer a hat like not a baseball cap because actually the back of my neck is like the main target for burning mm-hmm. so i do have this cowboy hat uh i mean it's not it's like sort of the shape of a cowboy hat it's not like a 10 gallon hat it's much smaller but uh sort of a wicker uh cowboy hat that i wear when i go to the beach right so but that doesn't really count because that's beach attire yeah yeah i'm not a big accessorizer it may surprise you to learn so yeah. no I, I haven't done a lot of uh cowboy getups yeah um i just says, don't have the confidence of a jeff honestly yeah um owen says the episode was fun and well paced some nice little side glances particularly by lynn's receptionist and i am a shucker for fast-paced alliterative exchanges such as the ted talk of tahoe hmm. i, I bet he would have liked the tit for tad and the <laughs> yes in yes very very good yeah uh watched it this originally anticipation of seeing hamilton myself so i was a bit excited back then even now feeling a bit lynn manuel jaded i really enjoyed him playing an asshole himself and by far the best screen performance i have seen him make oh oh not a fan of Encanto here I guess well he's not I wouldn't count that as a screen performance yeah but he's writing I mean I, I, I those songs his songs are playing in my house 24 7 so I understand but I think when he says a screen performance he means acting but yeah I wrote. guess so okay fine um so he's not been in too many I mean like I know he was you know not considered very good in Mary Poppins I haven't I didn't see that movie though um so yeah he's not in a ton of uh acting roles in movies and I mean the fact that he there's like eight things he's better at than acting is like an incredible right. accomplishment so yeah yeah right it's like Jackie Robinson like being like baseball is like his worst part yeah exactly or I, but that's probably like not really true Probably, probably baseball is his best part. Yeah, it's probably one of those things that they say after the fact. Yeah, you should have seen him dunk. Mm. Yeah. Um, okay, and Olin gives the episode three and a half out of five. Come with Gal is Mrs. Shapiro showing such firm mm. commitment to her plants. I am sure her little pug is similarly well looked after. And the fucking asshole for the second week in a row. I have to clarify, it is the character, not the actor. As I go for Manuel Miranda. So fiendishly manipulative with the desk and not getting the Shucker a ticket. Also, surely he should have got Larry two tickets for Larry to go along with the Shucker. Yeah. As we said. 
Rolling on the ball there. Yeah. Well, I don't know how official any of these rankings really are. All right. So what's our overall episode ranking? Yeah. So from the uh, audience, we got some ratings that averaged out to a 2.92, uh, which for the audience is the number 80th ranked episode. Um, for them, just just behind Never Wait for Seconds, which was the 79th. Mm. And then um, you gave it a two and a half. I gave it a two. That drops its average down to a little bit to a 2.47, making it for overall the 85th ranked episode of Kerber Enthusiasm. Yeah, I'd say a little low, but certainly uh, the second half of season nine has not been doing well. Yeah, yeah, it's it's uh, the second half of season nine is what we thought it was. Yeah, but listen, we have a chance to reverse it all. Don't you hate to be continued on TV? I mean, the whole reason you watch a TV show is because it ends. If I wanted a long, boring story with no point to it, I have my life. <laughs> Next week, the fatwa exclamation point. We're going to get 48 minutes. Uh, we're going to be going to Broadway, perhaps. <laughs> it's, a, it's a full NBA game. Yeah, it's going to be, you know, uh, will it be as good as the end of season four? I don't know. Will we have a guest as exciting as the guest we had at the end of season four? I don't know about that either, but um, I am excited for next week's episode and uh, I'm, I'm prepping. I'm doing uh, other background research on, on our potential guest for next week. I won't oversell it because I don't want to be like a spade. And I told, told this to you, right? That David Spade announces at the end of every episode of his podcast. Right. Who the guest is on the next one. So I assume they've already recorded it because all like sometimes shit comes up like, you know, no matter how important you are and like how important your podcast is, like sometimes people just have conflicts all of a sudden. So. <laughs> but what if it's like a really important podcast? Yeah. I mean, if Barack Obama has a podcast, I guess he can safely announce who the guest is. I don't know. What if his <laughs> guest was going to be like Zelensky the next week? And then, <laughs> right. Well, yeah. Well, he can still so, do a podcast. Yeah. So we have not yet recorded next week's episode, but hopefully if things work out and if our guest is able to come, then next week's episode will be... Pretty, 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 pretty. Get a life, Jude.